Hello, my name is Eva, and today is the second and final episode of the series The Fantastic Escapes of Arthur Ransom. Last time, we charted the early life and professional career of Arthur Ransom. Born in 1884, he worked as a reporter in London while nurturing a dream of becoming an author. His fascination with folklore led him to Russia in 1913, and what was supposed to be a visit of months evolved into a six-year stint, with Arthur Ransom finding love in Russia as well as witnessing the February Revolution and later the October Revolution, which saw the Bolsheviks take power in Russia. Ransom, a man with the ability to make friends everywhere and with everyone, managed to secure himself unprecedented access to Lenin's inner circle. And while keeping up connections with prominent Bolsheviks, he also reported his findings back to Britain. As we examined last time, upon his return to Britain in 1919, he was, as you may recall, forced to hand in his passport to the British authorities, who had grown wary of his foreign activities. And this was much to his frustration, for he had planned to return to Russia and to his lover. So last time, I talked of his journey from northern England through Estonia to Russia, and this must be termed his first great escape. Then came the journey from Russia back to Estonia, where I last time described two fantastic escapes which Arthur Ransom pulled off when faced with enemy combatants in the contested areas where the civil war which would pit the Red Army against the White, was starting to fire up. If you didn't listen to the previous episodes, please do, for Arthur Ransom's daring, his improvisation and sheer luck make for the most fantastic telling. So we left Arthur Ransom and his lover and future wife, Yekaterina, tantalisingly close to their destination in Estonia but still traversing the dangerous forests of Western Russia, where partisans from both sides in the Civil War were ramping up hostilities and where anyone could be killed and not found for months. On his journey to Estonia, Ransom had twice escaped capture as he had met groups loyal to the White Army, but he had been fortunate that he had recognised them for what they were long before they could call his bluff. But as he and Yekaterina neared Estonia, he would face his most dangerous hour, for Arthur Ransom would come face to face with an old acquaintance. One morning, as Ransom and Yekaterina were walking in a landscape, increasingly showing signs of unrest, they encountered a group of soldiers. Now these were not ragtag militia or villagers who had taken up arms. This was a small division from the real White Army, and they were quite visibly led by an officer. Ransom's sympathies 
had never been with the Tsar, and with his many connections to prominent Bolsheviks, he would to their enemies be nothing less than a foe. With an officer of the White Army, Arthur Ransom would find it difficult to pretend to be one of them as he had done on previous occasions. The officer would know that Ransom wasn't a White Army officer and he would know in a matter of minutes, probably mere minutes before Ransom was killed. So Ransom stopped in his tracks, means of escape disappearing by the minute as the group who had already caught sight of him and Yekaterina approached. In those times, a man and a woman travelling on a cart was enough to draw suspicion, for who were they fleeing from? And Ransom's secret mission from Russia, which was, as you may remember, to deliver a message from the Bolsheviks to the Estonians, a message which said that the Bolsheviks were willing to negotiate peaceful terms with Estonia so that the civil war did not unchecked spill into that country. Well, that message was vital to get through, but could prove fatal for ransom if the secret was discovered, for it would mark him as a spy, however much he might protest that he was merely the messenger. The danger had never been greater, as the group of soldiers surrounded Ransom. Then, a familiar voice let itself be known. The officer was a man whom Ransom had met on the front lines of the First World War, and the officer remembered Ransom's bravery as a front-line reporter, but he also remembered Ransom's positive reports on the Russian soldiers' efforts in the war. This officer now greeted Ransom and invited him to share a meal. The officer noticed their cart and simply assumed that they were, of course, fleeing the Bolsheviks, a conviction which fit with his own actions, and Ransom did nothing to dispel that notion. But Ransom was trapped. He could hardly say no to the officer, but every minute spent in that contested area was dangerous, made even more so by being in the company of a man who would grow far less cordial were he to discover the identity, not of Ransom, but of Ransom's lover, Yekaterina, whom, you might remember, was the former private secretary of Leo Trotsky. Yekaterina had somehow been granted leave to leave Russia, leave her post and go with Ransom. What a prize for the White Army if they captured her. The White Army officer kept Ransom in conversation about the old days. And then, to Ransom's absolute consternation, the officer produced a chessboard and called for a continuation of a chess game the two had played during the war, which they had never had a chance to finish because of the revolution. So there he was, Arthur Ransom, a British reporter who had travelled to Russia without his passport, who had smuggled himself into the country and was now smuggling himself out of it, but sitting right now 
in white army territory, carrying a secret from the Bolsheviks, all the while pretending he had no cares at all in the world. According to Ransom's journal, his main thought was whether he should win or deliberately lose this chess game. He was, he alludes to, the better chess player, but losing might be the safer option, though more difficult to achieve, perhaps, without the officer realising it. So he played on until he finally found an opportunity to make a small mistake, a mistake which the officer took advantage of right up to checkmate. All the while, Yekaterina stayed in the background, face half-covered for fear that any of the soldiers might recognise her. But none did, and with the chess game over, she and Ransom were free and able to travel on. So, as I talked about in episode one, the first escape back to Estonia was realised with the help of a copper kettle, and the second escape by an old army greatcoat. This third most fantastic escape from the most dangerous encounter came to pass because of a half-finished chess game from years in the past. One can only imagine the pounding heart and myriad of thoughts going through Arthur Ransom's mind as he kept up a cordial face while playing chess with an officer who would most likely shoot him if Ransom's true destination and intent were ever known. But Ransom lived to tell the tale. He and Yekaterina reached Estonia, delivered the Russian message and got out of harm's way. Though, interestingly enough, the two remained in the restive Balkans for some years and he only returned to England in the 1920s, taking Yekaterina with him, whom, following a divorce from his first wife, he would marry, amid a myriad of questions from the British Foreign Office, whose orders he had defied, remember, when he had returned to Russia. The British Foreign Office had had their suspicions then of him being a spy, and these continued upon his return. But though they disapproved of his actions, documents from the time mostly leaned towards calling him irresponsible and a reckless adventurer, with perhaps too close ties to the Soviet. And Russian documents, recently made public, they do not claim him as their spy. The Bolsheviks too regarded him with suspicion, and as it transpired, they were wary and spectacularly unimpressed by the position of the objective reporter. Of course, a few years later, the Soviet would no longer tolerate anything close to objective journalism, and Ransom's escape would have been far from successful even a year later when the civil war became ever more vicious. And well, had Ransom remained in Russia as Stalin came to power, I highly doubt he would have lived to tell anything, objective truth or otherwise. Ransom would go on to have a successful career as an author, 
and he is today best remembered as the author of the children's series Swallows and Amazons, in which a bunch of children have a series of adventures in the Lake District and they always come up with inventive ideas for getting out of scraps. Yet while Ransom enjoyed a good reputation as a writer, the mystery of how well-connected and even friendly he actually was with the early Bolsheviks remained for years. He did disavow many of their actions, especially in the later years and during the Second World War. But why did they tolerate him? For there was little about him in philosophy or living which aligned him too closely with their thinking. An even greater mystery, which to this day is still debated, is why did they allow Yekaterina, the private secretary of Trotsky, to accompany Arthur Ransom to England? It would have been a catastrophe if she were caught, and the Bolshevik regime, well, it was not known for kindness, compassion or leniency in the face of love. For many years, a story persisted that she was permitted to go in order to smuggle out diamonds to fund Trotsky's causes in the West. No evidence has ever emerged to verify this, but the story persists simply because it is a mystery why she was allowed to leave, live and settle down to a quiet life with Arthur Ransom. Arthur Ransom died in 1967 at the age of 83, and though he, throughout his life, was repeatedly asked to write a book about his escapes, he never did. But his journal survived, and it is from this and from his rather terse and non-sentimental entries that we have the stories of Arthur Ransom's fantastic escapes. I hope you liked this episode. If you did, please consider subscribing to Restless Times in History. I do apologise for these rather infrequent podcast publications. It has simply been a question of a very busy work schedule, but at some point I would love to focus my sole attention on podcasting. Anyway, until next time, I have been Eva and thanks so much for listening.